another episode of Sustainability Spotlights, a podcast by the McGill Journal of Sustainable Development Law. My name is Emily. My name is Ashley. And for this episode, we had the pleasure of speaking with Jenny Vega Cardenas, law professor at Université de Montréal and president of the International Observatory on the Rights of Nature, the organization that, in collaboration with the Mutesha Kaushipu Alliance, drafted the resolutions granting legal personhood to the Magpie River in Northern Quebec. If you'd like to learn more about this movement, the International Observatory on the Rights of Nature has written a book titled A Legal Personality for the St. Lawrence River and Other Rivers of the World, which will be released on April 22nd, 2021. Follow them on Facebook for more information. We've included the link in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Jenny. Um, to begin, could you please introduce yourself as well as the International Observatory on the Rights of Nature? Yeah, thank you so much, Ashley and Emily, for this invitation. I'm very happy to be with you today, this morning, to talk about the Magpie River personhood and rights. Um, the International Observatory on the Rights of Nature uh, was founded two year, uh, three years ago in 2018 uh, with a colleague and we were studying this movement, this beautiful movement on the rights of nature. And there we were just uh, exploring, then we began to discover and now we are sharing. So uh, that's a, a beautiful uh, organization. We have many students working on in this project um, from different uh, uh, specialities. In the most of the cases, we are all lawyers or student uh, articling for doing the, the bar, or they are also, we have some biologists working with us, uh, people for coming from political science also, and so on. And we are very open to, um, to welcome more students that would like to be, to join the, this international observatory. That's, sounds really, really interesting, fascinating work you're doing. Um, we were hoping that you could tell us a bit more about the um, Magpie River and what is the river's significance for the um, Inu of Uwakwanichit. Yeah, thank you. So um, <clears throat> to tell you more about the Magpie River, you have maybe already known that it's an international renowned whitewater rafting site. Winded nearly 300 kilometers before entering into the San Lawrence River. Uh, if you want to know more about the river significance for the Inu of Ekwanichit, I think the best person could be Wapukun Mestokosho, who is a young leader of the Ekwanichit uh, Inu community, who could talk about this. But just only to take a little bit about uh, what's the link between the community and the river, she said that the river represents the blood inside her veins. And she said also that it's an essential component of their culture and their identity. And in the resolutions, in the resolution written by them, adopted by the Inu community, you can find in the second part about the links, the, what is the link that relates the Mutiheko Hipu to the Inu of the Kualichi people the, and also the Manganic community. And you will find that water uh, is sacred for, for them water has a spirit. And as you know, law is a reflection of culture, religion, traditions, and social beliefs. That was beautifully put, thank you. Um, 
so how did this project granting legal personhood to the Magpie River come about? And what organizations and communities have been involved with this project since its inception? Yes, in fact, SNAP Quebec or CEPOF Quebec, it is the Quebec chapter of Canadian Parks and Wilderness Society, played an important role, major role in this uh, process. Um, of course, the Inu community of Aquanichit, uh, the association Oviv Mangani, uh, also the regional county municipality and many people, indigenous and non-indigenous coming from the Mangani region, they have created the Alliance Mutehiko Shipu to protect the river. The International Observatory on the Rights of Nature <clears throat> was invited to make a workshop concerning the rights of nature movement. At that moment, I remember that we were at we found there, we were at the North Coast, and at that meeting, we found a beautiful energy coming from every person that was present to that meeting, indigenous, indigenous and non-indigenous. And we felt a unique consensus on what would be the best way to protect the Magpie River for these um, future generations and humans and non-humans. So that was a special moment in 2018, in uh, more or less in, at this time in April. Wow, that sounds like a pretty um, unique, or to have everybody come together and feel that energy, it sounds pretty um, like special and something that we don't always get very often, um, especially when we're studying these things and we're, we're removed from the communities uh, in which we are. Um, we're studying about. So that's really, thanks for sharing. Um, we were hoping you could talk a little bit more about what it means uh, to grant a river legal personhood and specifically what it means for the Magpie River and who are the guardians and how are these rights, how are they granted? Yeah, thank you for, this is a big question. Yes. <laughs> uh, as you know, it means many, many things. It means that the river is no longer an object that we exploit, but a person, a subject that we respect. It means that the river is alive now in law. As you know, this perspective is inspiring indigenous juridical traditions who consider that rivers are living entities. So in embracing this new perspective, it means that we recognize that Magpie River is not longer the object of protection, but the holder of rights. It means that we are provoking a paradigm shift. We are moving from an anthropocentric paradigm that implies to consider man as the center of the universe to an ecocentric paradigm that implies to recognize that humans are only another species on earth and that we are part of nature, not the master of nature. As indigenous people say, humans are not the owner of the earth, but part of it. It means also uh, a law fiction. In fact, as you know, traditionally, personhood was recognized to people, men, later women, after children, also corporations, trust, etc., hold many rights. Now with this paradigm shift, nature is also considered as holder of rights, as subject of rights, as a new actor around the table. And as Professor David Boyd have pointed out, and I'm going to cite him, he said, this fascinating development may also foster more innovative ways to integrate indigenous law into the Canadian legal system, 
which has failed to acknowledge that Canada has three founding legal systems, not two, as many are still taught in law school. And the rights concerning the rights that have been recognized, that is very simple to understand. The right to exist and to flow, the right to its natural cycles, the right to be preserved and protected, the right to maintain its natural biodiversity, the right to be free of, from pollution, the right to regenerate and restoration, and the right to take legal action. So this implies that we recognize that an autonomous prejudice can happen to the river, independent to the human interest. So as we consider that Magpai River has an intrinsic value, the indemnization goes to its own interest to restore it, protect it, and allow it to flourish. And as you know, the river cannot go itself uh, to the court to protect his, its rights. So guardians will be appointed very soon, and they have the responsibilities and functions that are very, very well detailed in both resolutions. But the main responsibility is to aim at protecting the river's rights. Among them, we find in particular research, conservation planning, species protection, participating in any consultation regarding authorizing projects that may affect the rights of the river, and so on. So in fact, this new paradigm invites us to respect the laws of nature, and that's all. That was a big question and a great answer. Um... So this project has, has spanned over 10 years now, um, and we're interested in what some of the main challenges along the way were. Um, yeah. Okay, yes. In fact, um, the uh, SNAP Quebec, the Cipolle's Quebec chapter, have been working for more than 10 years to try to find a way to protect the river and prevent new dams that could impose, be imposed by governments. The project of granted personhood came from 2018, as I told you, as I told you, when we start knowing more about the recognition of rivers and non-human person as the Fanganum River in New Zealand, the Atrato River in Colombia, the Ganga and Yamuna in India, the Yara River in Australia, etc. The movement has inspired many countries, justices, legislators, and also, of course, us. But challenges were legal, in fact, to know how to do it. But we were working together in the team with our partners to build up those resolutions. And we found a beautiful consensus among indigenous and non-indigenous people to protect the rivers, beautiful collaboration between them um, that shows a beautiful example of reconciliation. And as Prof Professor Burroughs, John Burroughs said, if we, as human beings, reconcile ourselves with the earth, it will be much easier for indigenous and non-indigenous people to identify the earth as the source to help correlate how we relate together. So as you, as you know, if you, if you understand that we are all interconnected, so we can work together and it's better to collaborate than to fight. So it's a source of peace. Thank you for sharing that. Um... We, uh, Ashley and I did, we read some of John Burroughs. Um, we had a class last semester in indigenous legal traditions. And so we, we were exposed to all of that. And um, <clears throat> it's very interesting. And we were hoping that you could um, maybe talk about 
about what this means moving forward for the river? I know that there was specifically projects, um, the possibility of Hydro-Quebec wanting to um, build projects on the river and how having the river have legal personhood, how that affects the potential for Hydro-Quebec to wanna to come in and do development projects in the future. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important question. In fact, yes, we we thought we um, that is a good way to protect the river because now it's a very well known river, and if something happens, the whole world is watching. That's one aspect. As um, Mr. Foucault says, uh, you act differently when you 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 know that people are watching at you. But in one hand. Uh, you have to know that one of the twin resolutions was adopted by the Ming Mangani Regional County Municipality, who has the authority to adopt <clears throat> resolutions to protect water courses and the environment. So they have uh, the right to adopt that resolution, any kind of resolution to protect the environment and water. And you may know that the Supreme Court of Canada has in a spread tech decision recognized the subsidiary principle that implies that in terms of protecting the environment, decision-making and responsibility must rest with the lowest administrative and political level able to act effectively. So I think it's very well based in, in, uh, in our own legal system. And also in the second hand, you may know that Canada recognized the self-determination principle in which the Inu resolution has been basically based. As the Inu resolution is a manifestation of indigenous people's legal tradition, it is important opportunity, it's an important opportunity to embrace the acknowledging that Canada has not two, but three legal systems coexisting, as Professor Boyd mentioned, as I told you, in particular within the context of Canada's commitment to harmonize its internal law with the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. And finally, as Jacques Cousteau said, you may love what you know and you protect what you love. So tell me, you please tell me, did you know that Magpie River existed before the announcement of the recognition of its personhood and rights? No, I did not. I don't think Emily and I knew that before, before it was recognized. Exactly, and many people didn't, didn't know either, even in Quebec and moreover around the world. But now the whole world is watching. We invite you to get there, to get to the North Coast, meet with nice people living in that region, eating in authentic restaurants there, and discovering the magic of the Magpie River. So it's an important way to give an outreach to the, to the river also, and the population that lives there. Great. Um, so granting legal personhood to natural features, I think is Broad, broadly seen as, as a progressive idea, and as you've mentioned, trying to shift the paradigm away from, from an anthropocentric um, worldview. However, uh, some have argued that advocating for legal personhood risks perpetuating the idea that humans are separate from nature, as the meaning of the word personhood is, depend is somewhat dependent on an anthropocentric worldview, and the word itself is inherently individualistic. I'm referring specifically to a piece by Professor Jeffrey Garber um, talking about whether uh, rights for nature are radical enough. I, I think that's how he puts it in his title. 
So I guess, how would you respond to these criticisms and why do you believe that legal personhood remains an important step in addressing ecological crises? That's a very good question. Um, good work. <laughs> so uh, as you know, water, water is voiceless for most of the mortals, isn't it? But not for everyone. As Mr. Pieta Shou, the chief of the Kwanichitinu community said, the river speaks, but we don't want to hear it. But while we consider, well, we consider still the river is voiceless, we need people to speak in the name of, for the best interest of the river, doing a parallel with a child. The child will, we have to talk always in the best interest of the child. Now we uh, guardians, uh, we talk in the, always having in mind the best interest of the river. Traditionally, humans speak for their own interest in water, agriculture, industry, domiciliary users, they are around the table. Yes, they are always taking care of their own objectives, their own interests. But with this new paradigm, nature will be an actor around the table. And science, hand in hand, with ancestral knowledge will help us to know better what is the best for the river, not for us, but for the river. And as we are all interconnected, the best for the river, a river in health, will profit for we all the species on earth, human and non-humans, indigenous or not, for present and future generations to come. If we were to shift the paradigm and to adopt this model that is totally new, a new law that we have the possibility to build, hearing traditional law knowledge for indigenous peoples and science, we will be better addressed ecological crisis. As you may know, the objectification of nature is at the root, is really at the root of the destruction of the earth. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that um, really does tie nicely to our, our last question. Um, just what, speaking of the idea of, I know in Canada, we have um, indigenous legal traditions and there's a push for kind of revitalization and that we see this happening in other countries around the world, um, notably in Latin America and in um, New Zealand and in parts of Australia as well, right? We have um, indigenous and non-indigenous people kind of getting together and trying to find ways to protect the environment in new and innovative ways, specifically through the revitalization centering of indigenous peoples and their legal traditions. So with that being said, uh, was, uh, we were wondering if um, you had any advice to give to other people who are doing this type of work or activism in their respective countries um, or territories around the world. Yeah, in fact, we are launching a collective book concerning the implication of personhood to rivers and more particularly to the San Lawrence River, because we are proposing to recognize the personhood and rights also for the San Lawrence River and all the um, integrated basin. And inside that book that we are launching the 22nd of April, uh, that is the International Mother Earth Day, Inside the book, you will find a bill model to adopt this new status to the San Lawrence River that can be can inspire other models around the world. And also you can find an, a comparative analysis of many cases where this status has been adopted. So you can study better what, 
what's the um, input, uh, what the consequence of adopting this uh, new status in, uh, in Australia, in New Zealand, in Colombia, in Ecuador, in Bolivia, uh, etc. So I think it's important to learn more on what are the, the good points and what are the points that are being found that it are weak and that we have to strong it and to work on because we are building a new law. So advices are, you, you may read the book and contact us. And also don't forget to explore, to embrace the movement and also to have courage to act and to adopt new resolutions. I think that's a short, but short, but sweet. No, thank you so much. Um, that's, that's, yeah, really important. And I think, um, you know, it's really, it's really interesting getting to talk to you because I think um, it, it shows us that there are outside of the walls of law school, outside of what we're learning in our classroom, there's all sorts of wonderful and fascinating work that's being done and people utilizing, um, like you said, these new and, and kind of what seem different from what we're used to, but really are rooted in traditions that date back for a very, very long time. And it's, it's very fascinating to get to speak to someone who's um, doing this kind of work. So thank you so much for making the time to, to meet with us today. It's been really, really lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. I think uh, it's very important for young people to know better what implies uh, to this new movement, but we have the occasion to work on and to build a new law that will respect any manifestation of life in this planet. So thank you for having me this morning. Thank you so much, Jenny, for your time and for the great conversation. See you next time.